This is Mortgage Matters with Misha, your source for real estate market updates and strategies and answers to your real estate lending questions. Now, to provide you with insight and help you navigate the constantly changing world of real estate lending, here's your host, financial services expert, Misha Dimitruk. Good afternoon, Bay Area. It is Tuesday, and I am elated to be here with you once again. Misha Dimitruk, Essex Mortgage, NMLS 694427. As always, this show is really about you, your needs, your information, and the opportunities that await you to achieve your real estate financing goals. If you have questions, if you need strategy, if you run into the proverbial brick wall on your financial goals when it comes to your real estate ideas, give me a call, 831-435-0385. Email Misha, M-E-S-H-A at EssexMortgage.com, or you can find me on Facebook or LinkedIn. It is a fantastic time to be in real estate. And for those of you in the Bay Area who already have a stronghold here with your ownership, you are probably watching your value in some capacity in an online situation where you're checking in on what your home might be worth from time to time. If you've done this, you have seen tremendous growth and the numbers fluctuate sort of wildly, um, you know, from from day to day even. And, And so I advise all of my clients, don't check your weight or your credit score or your Zestimate on a daily basis because those things will drive you nuts. And they'll make you feel like you don't have an understanding of what is going on in the market and going on, you know, within your overall financial health, much less your personal health. Uh, So I encourage you to just focus on learning those healthy habits, learning how to live the best life that you can achieve and making sure that you're open to new concepts and ideas of how to achieve those goals. Times are changing fast and the things that we thought were the best options a few years ago may have had innovations and changes within those realms that present new ideas and new avenues of thinking. And when it comes to real estate financing, there are new lending opportunities out there that are imperative to your financial success. And I want to make sure that there's an avenue of information to be bringing those ideas to you so that you know what your options are. Last week, we had the weekly challenge was for you to each take a look at your consumer debt and have an understanding of what the interest rate that you're paying on that debt is. I got some great response from this. I had a few clients who called me up and said, hey, I heard the radio and I took a look at this and I cannot believe how high of interest I'm actually paying on on some of this debt that I'm carrying. Um, Selfinc.net is projecting that the Bay Area directly has 730,000 residents that amass a total of $26.6 billion in student debt. San Rafael has the number one consumer credit card debt in the Bay Area, and the average rate on credit cards in 2021, as boasted by Business Insider, is 15.91%. Now, for any of you who've done this challenge and taken a look and were absolutely floored to realize what it was you were paying, you might have had the aha moment of, 
well, what could I do in order to get this down? I, I'm not going to take another job. I don't have the time, but I need to be more aggressive about managing this debt. Well, I heard from Shannon. Shannon reached out to me and said, I acquired a property a few years ago. I was divorced right before I purchased this property. I have been carrying this debt for six years. Presently, it's a total of $41,000 in debt. Now, for some of you, that might seem astronomical. For others, not so much. Um, So Shannon's debt totaled her a matter of $1,344 a month in just the monthly management of paying that minimum debt. Now, we took a look at her finances and the opportunity to refinance her property, pay off all of that consumer debt, move all of that debt into her mortgage, reduce her average interest rate from 18.5% down to a 3.5% interest rate, and save her $1,219 a month. Obviously, this is game-changing for Shannon's finances, for Shannon's future. She now has the ability to fully fund a post-retirement program for herself, to save for her children's college funds, and to actually change the table and the story when it comes to debt that she has felt under the pressure of and burdened by for the last six years. She's been just carrying this debt without any opportunity to have any other cash. She can't work harder. She's already working extensive hours and overtime. And in order to maintain, just maintain her lifestyle, she had to pay that $1,344 each month just to float that debt. The victory for her is that $1,219 a month a huge amount of money for her to come up on. Now, again, not a giant amount of debt. So for those of you who are homeowners out there and carrying debt and taking a look at the balances that you are carrying, taking a look at the interest rates that you are paying on, please understand that your home can work as hard for you as you work in order to pay for it. And you can strategize. The monthly manageability that I speak to all the time when it comes to real estate financing and strong financial savviness uh, on a whole is really about you understanding all of the benefits that you have out there in the marketplace and having that flexibility and understanding the opportunities that are available to you is how you're going to continuously get yourself to the better place. Now, not every one of you is going to have the ability to take cash out of your properties. Some of you might have just purchased very, very recently. Um, For those of you who did not just purchase recently, who have owned for some time, there is the opportunity for you to look at this very seriously and to understand the benefit there. Now, we are truthfully increasing her principal and interest payment by $124 a month. Now, that's a tiny increment. So that $1,251 that she is gaining every single, excuse me, $1,219 that she is saving every month takes that $124 into consideration. So she is actually pocketing that difference and paying the raised amount on the monthly payment by adding to her loan balance. But do you think Shannon is sad about paying an extra $124 a month? in principal and interest 
in order to save $1,219 a month? No, she is not. And so the plan for now is to finish the financing that saves this money for her, that pays off this debt and frees up this cash, and for her to meet with her financial advisor and talk about how to plan for her best future. It is the biggest power position she's ever had in her financial life. I can assure you that there were tears of happiness when our conversation was over because she thought she was just going to be stuck with this forever. So for the homeowners out there, please take into consideration that restructuring your finances, understanding how to leverage the opportunities available to you really can make a huge impact on you. If you are looking at that debt and thinking, I just haven't made the type of headway that I really need to. I, in the challenge, I had encouraged everyone to look at their statement on the back page. It typically tells you what's the interest rate that you're paying on and how long would it take you to pay off that debt based on that minimum required payment. And a lot of you commented that you had never paid much attention to that piece of it. Many people are paying their cards and statements online. They're not looking through their statements very detailed. And that information was missed by every person who communicated back to me, that they were not looking at that and that they now have a deeper appreciation for the fact that they need to do something different in order to find themselves in a better position. Money saved is just as good as money being earned somewhere else. Imagine if you didn't have to go get a second job to bring in an extra $1,219, but you found that within your own finances just by structuring smarter than you had before. This is a reality that is available to all of the homeowners who have owned for, let's say, at least 12 months, I'm going to guess here, in the Bay Area, because almost every one of you has gained double-digit market appreciation of your properties. It is something that we need to take into consideration as the monthly manageability. And looking at that, now, Shannon's credit score was suffering from having these balances. So you know, she was able to get a, an interest rate for her based on her credit score without having her credit score even being in the, in the upper 700s. And for those of you out there who have higher credit scores, that interest rate would be lesser for you. Your loan to value is going to impact the interest rate available to you, your credit score, your property type, the occupancy, whether or not it's your owner-occupied property or even an investment property. So there's plenty of ability for us to look at your entire portfolio and learn how to more smartly leverage the properties that you have and minimize your debt balances and so that you can realize better savings and more opportunity within your own finances. It's a very, very powerful position. And I do really encourage everyone to keep looking at that and keep sending me messages. I received a message from Roy in Milpitas. Roy was Roy said, Misha, I'm actually mad at you. I didn't want to know this information. But now that I know, I can't turn away from it. I need to take action. And I appreciate you putting that into my wheelhouse. So Roy, thank you for being honest, because this is definitely not something that people want to be talking about. Um, now, to be totally transparent, Shannon has some student debt, and we elected not to pay the student debt. She works for a nonprofit. There's a lot of hubbub about what might and might not happen when it comes to the student debt. And uh, so we elected to not touch the student debt at this point. But the student debt was a, a nominal portion of her overall debt. Uh, for other people, that might be a tremendous amount. 
And you may not have the ability to turn the blind eye to that. And it may be some time before we know what will actually come of all that's being said about student debt opportunities. So if you have home ownership in property, whether it's your primary residence, a second home or an investment property, and you are carrying consumer debt, credit card debt, even auto loans, if you are not on a 0% financing with your auto loan or a 0% on your credit card, please take into consideration that there may be the opportunity for you to realize some substantial savings by enveloping your consumer debt into your mortgage loan. It's a great benefit to you and it allows your house to provide you with a lot of structured support and benefit for you personally for adding that to your loan balance where you weren't receiving any benefit for it before. We have a great show for you today. We will be back in just a few minutes here. You are listening to Mortgage Matters with Misha. This is Mortgage Matters with Misha with financial services expert, Misha Dimitruk. Uh, Right, Bay Area, we are back and talking today about your debt. Now, most of the time, real estate financing means it's elective debt. You chose to buy a property or you chose the home ownership path that you are on. Uh, But when it comes to the credit card debt that a good many of us have amassed over a lifetime, and as we head into the holidays, I think it is a pertinent conversation to have in looking at the debt that we choose to carry. I have lots of conversation, as you can imagine, with people about their debt on a daily basis. And there's a lot about debt that is just not understood very readily. I have people tell me on a daily basis that they pay their debt in full every month, and therefore they will have no credit cards reporting balances when we pull their credit. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I have never been able to figure out exactly when a credit card company reports to the bureaus. It does not, unfortunately, happen on the day that your statement cycles. So for those of you who have your credit card statements that are due on the 10th, if you pay the balance by the 9th, your reported balance on your credit report come the 10th is not likely to show the zero balance due because that's what it shows when you look in real time. The information is generally reported a month behind and There is no rhyme or reason that I have been able to figure out as to when the individual card data is reported to the bureaus, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion, which means that most people who carry a balance, even if they pay it in full before the month end and before they incur any interest charges, will not have zero credit card debt on their credit report when we go for formal pre-approval. And they will therefore need to qualify carrying a minimum monthly obligation. That is the minimum payment that you can make on any account with a balance. And for some people, it's a minimum every month, the same standard, no matter what the balance is. For some people, the minimum every single month is based on the balance. So if you use your credit cards for rewards capacities, then and you are stacking all of those balances maybe on one card in order to get the best rewards out of it, but you're noticing when you're looking at your credit card statements that the score that they are providing to you is not where you think it should be given the fact that you pay your credit card every single month. I want to bring some light at the end of the tunnel for you. When you utilize one card, you run the risk of exceeding 49% of your available balance on any one card. 
The credit card companies do not tell you these things. The fine print, I believe me, I read it, does not relay to you, A, that they're going to monitor your credit forever, and B, that by utilizing the entire amount of debt given to you on any one card, your credit score would suffer tremendously. Even if you plan to pay that card every month, if you have a $10,000 balance available to you and you charge $10,000 every month, but then pay it to zero every month, you will likely see that your credit score is not where you would expect it to be. Because that, again, comes back to the day that your credit balances are reported to the bureaus does not align with your statement cycling day. So if you are wondering how to improve your credit scores, if you are not seeing the benefit of paying those accounts every single month, what I would encourage you to do is scale back, make more than one payment, spread your credit over more than one card. The credit world gives you the best points for managing debt. Now, these are their rules. We have to play in their game in order to get the points that we want and need in order to afford ourselves, A, the best lifestyle, and B, the cheapest financing. So if you are utilizing just one card right now and you're seeing that your score is not benefiting from those monthly payoffs in full, take a look at, at opening a new card. Balancing your debt, avoiding exceeding 49% of your available debt on any one card. That means maybe making an, an additional payment in, an, in the month. Halfway through the month, if you realize you're eking up on that 49% mark, send in a payment and get rid of some of that balance. Once you crest that 49% of what's available to you on that card, your credit score will fall off the proverbial cliff and you will see big plummets in points, if 30, 40 points sometimes. Spoke with a gentleman yesterday, lost 37 points by adding one charge to his account for nine days. Now, again, not monitoring your credit score every single day and wondering what happened? What did I do? Did something get reported late and causing yourself this panic? But understanding the good, healthy debt habits so that you know if you exceeded that limit for even a matter of a few days or a little bit of time, that you would see that reflected in your credit score. Generally, once a week, it gets updated for most credit cards. If that is happening to you and you are needing some better strategy on how to improve your credit position so that you can be in the best possible place for buying, give me a call. I am here for you and I'm here to help you understand where you are right now and how to get to a better place. M-E-S-H-A at EssexMortgage.com, 831 435 it's Mortgage Matters with Misha. Once again, here's Misha Dimitruk. All right. For any of those counting out there with me, we are 52 days from New Year's Eve 2022. And it is not too early to talk about your goals for next year when it comes to finances and particularly when it comes to real estate. For those self employed, and there are a huge portion of the population here in the Bay Area that are self-employed, your 2021 tax returns are going to tell a tremendous story when it comes to your qualifying for standard loan programs. If you are thinking about a purchase in 2022 and you know that your tax documentation needs to align for your best benefit on an owner-occupied property specifically, 
Now is the time for you to meet with your Essex mortgage professional, understand where your your buying power needs to be in order to support your purchase for your lifestyle, and then make sure you have that conversation with your tax preparer. Far too often, I have conversations with self-employed clients after their taxes are completed, and we talk about smart deductions, and we talk about different ways in which they minimize their income in order to maximize their tax liability savings. But the long run story of that is, is that that then leaves them in the position that they can't finance the life that they want. And they're frustrated and they have to look at alternative situations in order to get where they need to be with their financial world. There are times throughout the year where it's a good opportunity for you to stop and formulate your plan in advance and have those conversations. And now is definitely one of them. If you know you're going to be making a purchase, if your post uh, shutdown pandemic life and employment and income is elevating back to and exceeding where you were before pandemic shutdown, maybe stifled your growth opportunities. Now is the time for you to double check. Am I on course with what it is that I need to show on paper in order to make that property acquisition that I'm aiming for? And that means speaking with your loan officer. That means checking in with your tax preparer in advance of it being tax season and making sure that you have relayed clearly what it is that your goals are so that you can have a joint team strategy that benefits you most of all. That's also a great opportunity for you to take a look at your credit utilization. Um, I have a gentleman who I've been helping with his formal pre-approval. He's been shopping in San Francisco for the better part of a year and a half. Now, continuously, he's relayed when a property would come into play. I have no credit changes. Can you run a scenario for me? So we run the scenario. We give him some new figures in order to understand what the payment would be on any particular property. He called me on Friday and said, I I think I found the one. I looked at it. Yeah, I want to make an offer. I looked at his credit. It had been several months since we had actually pulled credit in order for me to issue the formal pre-approval letter. I needed to re-pull his credit. We pulled his credit and he went from a 778 score to no score reported. Because during this time frame, while he was shopping, he decided to close his credit cards. His credit cards gave him travel rewards. And because he wasn't traveling, he thought it was just not important to have those cards open and active, despite the conversation we had and despite continuously telling me that no credit changes were taking place. He closed the accounts. He hasn't had any activity in at least six months. And now that lack of activity has given him reported messages of no activity in the last six months and therefore no score. Now, that is something that buyers need to be aware of. And if you are planning your purchase for next year, take into consideration that even if you don't need to utilize debt, even if you don't need to carry a balance, you still must exercise your credit muscle. If you don't use that muscle, you will lose that muscle. And like my poor client here in San Francisco is realizing right now, the benefit in exercising and having the strength you need when you want it is paramount to your success. If you need more advice, if you need help, if you are stuck and need an alternative plan like the one we're formulating for our buyer here in San Francisco, 
please reach out to me, 831-435-0385. We'll be back after this break. This is Mortgage Matters with Misha with financial services expert, Misha Dimitruk. All right, Bay Area. We have with us today, Daniel Ibrahimi with Intero. Daniel, how is it out there today? It's going all right. Um, You know, can't complain, Misha. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Daniel, I know you have an awesome listing that is coming live here next week. And our listeners are are hanging on with bated breath. Tell us about it. You got it, Misha. So it's a home in San Mateo in the Los Prados neighborhood right off Hillsdale Boulevard, uh, really close to the Foster City Marina area. It is a one-level, four-bedroom, three-bath, completely new remodel, 1,630 square feet on a 6,000-square-feet lot with an, uh, with an attached two-car garage for a million eight fifty. will be going on for next Wednesday afternoon, and open house is next Saturday and next Sunday, which we're really excited about. Wonderful. Now, for those of you who are in, in this area or shopping in this market in particular, Daniel, Tell me, how do you tackle that tough initial conversation when someone reaches out to you about a property and you ask if they're already formally pre-approved and they say no? Uh, Thank you, Misha. What I do is if they tell me no, they are not, I tell them that we really shouldn't be looking at homes unless they are pre-approved with uh, the most amazing lender in California being Misha Dimitruk. <laughs> and I actually divert everybody to Misha to uh, get loan approved, get their finances, pull their credit, and really see what we're working with. Because sometimes they may think they can qualify for, let's say, the $1.5 million house. And in reality, they may qualify for more or less. But it's really best to get pre-approved, get that credit pulled, See what you're dealing with and have Misha tell you uh, what your numbers are looking like. And that's what I always do before I show like 20 or 30, 40 homes to any buyer nowadays. <laughs> well, thank you, Daniel. And this is sure. one of the pieces that I think is um, for some people, it's the most challenging one. You know, they, they want to mm-hmm. look, they want to get motivated by seeing something that they like and they'll shop and shop and shop and shop. And then all of a sudden a property hits the market and it's the one. And the next thing you know, they are in this mad scramble to get prepared and it's stressful and it's a terrible experience for some people because they don't know about their qualifying income. They don't know if they have done something that jeopardizes their purchase power or if they're undercutting themselves. And then when they put in their offer, they think, well, I, I don't know if I can exceed the list price. Um, you know, we Daniel and I have dealt with this with buyers before where they pigeonhole themselves to a specific monthly payment and continuously missed out on the price that they needed to stretch to in order to capture that property until they had a, yeah. a coming yeah. of the heart where they realized that they needed to understand how they get to the desired purchase price. And this goes back to a challenge we talked about a few weeks ago for buyers asking them to take a look at what was the gap in what you missed. You offered X and the property sold for Y. How short were you? And we heard some great stories from buyers who realized that they were undercutting in markets where the price was exceeding $100,000, $150,000 on every one of the offers that they were placing. So Daniel, tell everyone how to get in touch with you 
and and give us your best advice for these uh, buyers here headed into the end of the year shopping season. Yes, I will tell all the buyers that even though we're heading into holiday season, there are still lots of other buyers just like you looking at properties, the same one you're looking at and putting multiple offers on homes. So I would not give up. I would not think that it's slowing down because it's not. Um, it may be raining outside, but there are still multiple offers on lots of properties in and around the Bay Area. My phone number, Misha, the best way to call or text me is 408-761-2883, or my email is echo at intero.com. Fantastic. Thank you, Daniel. Now, Daniel, before you go, um, I, I want to highlight one thing that Daniel and I talk about our clients. We talk about the strategy. We talk about the market very frequently. And as Daniel mentioned, there are still properties coming to market. This is not the time of year that people just say, well, it's the holidays and I don't want to deal with it. For the last four years running, this has been the busiest time of year. And we are seeing it right now with the tremendous numbers of offers being submitted. Daniel, in your last submission for your most recent buyers, do you know how many offers were received by the seller? Yes, I do. Eight offers. Eight, Eight offers. offers on a home in San Bruno. Eight offers. And Eight offers. Yikes. We still don't know if we got accepted or not. <laughs> we will find out tomorrow. <laughs> right. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's seven opportunities of people to get a no and only one yes in the bunch. That means your competition is still stiff and understanding the specific market that you are shopping in and knowing how and when and where you need to stretch in order to capture that property on the first time out. Because what we're seeing right now is a lot of listing agents who are saying, you know, just rewrite your offer. We're not going to counter. Just come with your strongest and best and, and make sure it's your strongest and best because there will be competition on these properties. And so that's where Daniel's going to come in with his expertise and give you the guidance of understanding each individual market's needs and where the trends are. Some of those markets are a, a very easy target to get up and over that list price. Sometimes those list prices are teaser prices. And Daniel, I know we've talked about this before, but there are individual markets and neighborhoods within the Bay Area that you can just understand it's going to exceed the list price by hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I, I want all of those buyers to understand that having a qualified expert like Daniel on your team is going to give you the leg up. Once again, Daniel, give everybody your phone number. You got it. It's 408-761-2883. Thank you so much, Daniel. We look forward to hearing about your um, open house next week too. So we will hope to have you back on the show and uh, drive safe out there. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye. Well, that is a fantastic listing price coming to market. Now you can imagine with the square footage and the bedroom bathroom count that that property will likely go over list. Get with Daniel if you are interested in the San Bruno market. So we are going to take a break here in just a moment. And when we come back, we're going to talk about this week's challenge. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with Misha. And I appreciate you being with us here in a few. It's Mortgage Matters with Misha. Once again, here's Misha Dimitruk. All right. Uh, here we find ourselves at the top of the hour and this week's challenge. Now, I am really excited about the weekly challenge aspect of things because it's giving 
the listeners the opportunity to really engage with me and share with me what it is that you're benefiting from the show and how this information is playing into your financial world. Thank you, everyone who has called or text or emailed about your specific findings. It is thrilling to know that I am helping you understand your position and helping you better your position by gaining education that's very customized to just you. So today's challenge is really going to be targeted towards those people who are looking at retirement in the next two to five years. Now, for some people, they're saying, oh, how do you know you're retiring in the next two to five years? And what I like to tell them is, is that a goal? Do you even have a goal of when you can retire? And if you don't yet have that goal written down on paper, then start with getting your budget written down on paper. For some people, they have a budget. It's on an Excel spreadsheet. They add things to it every time that they change a category or a fee, and they know it really well. For other people, it's more of a loose understanding of how much they spend when and where. If you are in thinking about retiring, I would encourage you to set out a very detailed and really rich with information budget for yourselves. What does your life really consist of expenditure-wise? Once you have that budget, take into consideration your current mortgage payment. Tally up 12 months worth of mortgage payment and take a look at what your life would be like if you had that amount extra in cash, if you were not making that payment every single month. Could you retire earlier? Would you have the opportunity to structure for a better retirement with those post-tax earned dollars? Would you have a different opinion of where and when you would retire if you had that amount of money amassed over the next two to five years? For some people, that's a huge amount of money that they would not be spending every single month. For others, it would not make as big of an impact, but it still is going to make an impact. And I want all of our future seniors or future retirees to take a look at what their future really holds for them. I don't ask people, what's your 30-year plan when they ask for a 30-year fixed rate loan? I talk about what's the next 10 years look like in an ideal way. And that ideal way really means, where do you hope to be financially? Where do you hope to be physically? What do you hope your life is like at that time? And then we have to back into allowing for there to be enough cash flexibility to achieve that type of desire, that lifestyle, that feeling, those experiences. Most of those things have a dollar amount attached to them. And even if it's not costing you money to have some of those experiences, it might cost you to pay for the house. It might cost you to have the car to go on that road trip. It might cost you time and money away from work where you're taking that vacation pay in order to make those adventures happen for yourself. All of those need to be included in your budget. And we need to have an understanding of what it is you want to achieve out of this life. Set your intentions on paper and let's work towards achieving them for you. So next week's challenge or this week's challenge rather that I would like to hear from all of you about, do you have your budget prepared? If so, does it have everything on it? Does it have groceries and gifts and clothing, and fun. Most of the clients that I talk to, I ask, where's the F on your budget? And they all look at me with a blank face and I say, there's no fun on here. So please make sure you get your budget in line, tally out what your 12 month of mortgage payments would look like for you and the benefit that that would bring to you if you weren't making those payments and give me a call, 
435-0385. Email is Misha, M-E-S-H-A at EssexMortgage.com, Facebook, or LinkedIn. This show does rebroadcast on Sundays at 3 p.m. if you've missed any part of this show. So please don't hesitate to listen again and reach out if you have any questions. As always, I appreciate you being with us and I look forward to next week. Be well.